Transmitter device activated. Coordinate set for Earth 2. Hey everyone, welcome to the Earth 2 podcast, the podcast that usually takes you on a weekly journey <laughs> through the origins and development of the DC Comics multiverse and the legacy of their Golden Age characters through the Silver and Bronze Age of Comics. However, it's the end of the year. What kind of year has Who it been? Who are you? Oh yes. <laughs> I'm I'm Peter Watson. Yeah, right, right, good. I'm glad you said so. I'm David Steele. Welcome back, <laughs> listeners. Thank you for joining us. This no, is what yes. happens when we break the format. Yes. <laughs> yes, this week we thought we'd not leave you episodeless. Instead, we're going to have a quick look back over the episodes we've brought to you this year. Yes, it's the first annual and possibly only annual Earth 2 podcast review of the year show. We normally take a longer extended break over Christmas, but Peter had the idea of doing a sort of short preview and I said, why don't we do a combined review preview? So we're very quickly, as quickly as we possibly can, we're going to rattle through and quickly remind ourselves of everything that we covered on the podcast this year and any very thoughts that we or anecdotes about our memories of working on it that we can think of or, or any changes in opinion that we've had since doing yes. it. Just, just as a, just, you know, sit. It's you a know, bit of fun. Just a bit of fun. Nothing serious. And also we know we've picked up quite a lot of new listeners this year. So it's a good way for you guys to discover new episodes and other ones you want to check point, out. Yeah. So the first story we did this year was issue 61 of Green Lantern. Thoroughly Modern Mayhem. Which is, was an interesting one. The final Silver Age team-up of Alan Scott and Hal Jordan. Very much from Alan's point of view. Some really, really striking imagery in mm-hmm. it throughout. Quite memorable. Yes. I enjoyed Captain Challenge in this. The villain who seemed to be quite capable and never, ever appeared again. But yes. Yeah, that was quite fun. Yeah, I, I quite that. liked it because it gave me the excuse to post Kevin Nolan's brilliant homage cover featuring oh, yes. Brother Walker and Hal Jordan, which was, was great fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was, that was the first one we did this year. Then after that, we did... Fugitive from Justice! Yes! Neil Adams' final issue on the Spectre. This is the one that had the double-page spread of the massive dinosaur. Yep. And it was phenomenal. Yep. The Cycle Pirate returns to cause some havoc. That was mm-hmm. a lot of fun, and I was quite pleased that there was a continuity footnote that mentioned our man, so that delighted me. I was very, very pleased at such things. Yep. Yeah, that, that was an interesting one. Certainly was. Followed that was our first flashback episode of the year. Now, the flashback episodes, listeners, are basically when Pete and I started doing the podcast our research and our research and stuff is always still ongoing yes, to be honest indeed. we're still sort of finding stuff that we want to cover or finding stories that we think we should have covered etc there's one mm-hmm. glaring omission there's one story that we missed completely <laughs> which I'm really annoyed about which we'll probably do fairly early on next year Yeah, but you know we started doing flashback episodes because there were some stories that we discovered after we'd started recording and some of them we knew about and decided just to do as flashback episodes because mm-hmm. if we'd started doing all the stories that we had it would have been months before we got to flash 120 that's true we felt that's that we very had true. to get to that one fairly quickly yep but this mark merlin one was one that we decided to do after we got quite far into the recording process it wasn't one that we kind of decided to hold back so we sort of it was our first flashback episode of the year um, yeah. mark merlin from house of secrets issue 49 captives of, of the parallel, parallel world. world yeah so that was that was a fun one to do since we did that episode i found a, a foreign market reprint of it so i was really quite annoyed that i didn't have that in time to stick <laughs> it on the socials that's the case for a lot of the stories we've done this year i've found foreign market reprints after we've already posted them in the socials or in the case of one story which i'll tell you about shortly literally the week after we posted it in the <laughs> socials and i was raging but we might post them this week yeah yeah over the christmas break etc we'll, we'll, i'm going to post a few of the foreign reprint covers that have mm-hmm. turned up since you know we in some cases quite a long time after we we did the stories and i like posting the forum covers in the socials because it just shows you how far the reach 
as some of these stories was back in the day. They weren't just yeah. being read in America or in the UK. Some of them were going all over the world. And you'll be surprised, I hope, next year when you see just how far, how many times some of these stories were reprinted mm-hmm. and how many countries they reached. So, yeah, Mark Merlin, will we see him again, do you think? Don't know. Possibly. I don't think anyway. so, fan. The next one was Oofed. the Dimensional Caper. <laughs> The Teen Titans oh. via Zany Bob Haney and uh, Nick Cardi yes. visit Dimension X. Yes. This was an epic. This was, was mad and it was so hard to read and get through because of Zany Haney's dialogue. It was a, it was a <laughs> it was a tough one because we you know it was kind of the middle of last year when we'd done that challenges of the unknown mm-hmm. issue that we thought right let's start talking about some other dimensions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just because it's parallel Earths or parallel universes, but other dimensions, because it lets us talk about some characters that we might not normally get the chance yeah, to talk about. There's some clearing emissions from original list that uh, are, are major characters that we would like to discuss, but we yeah. just couldn't find a way to do it. Well, <laughs> so, you know, Dimension yeah. X in this case, it meant that we could talk about this, but also because the characters in the first story in, T- in Titan 16 cropped up again, some other ones, it meant we talked about some of the other subsequent issues. We talked about total i think we talked about issue 16 then issues 20 21 and 22 mm-hmm. of titans and issue 5 of hawk and dove this was a bit of a, a struggle to record as well we couldn't didn't yeah. make it exactly as easy on ourselves <laughs> as we could have i have very That's clear true. memories of when i came to read my summaries of issue 20 and 21 and 22 my scribbled notes were almost <laughs> unreadable oh, and this well. was one we did remotely and we were recording for well over two hours and essentially after we'd done it I went away and rewrote my summaries for those three issues and re-recorded them <laughs> so that Peter could just drop those neater versions in rather yeah. than me going, uh, what does that say? Right, okay. Uh. And this also gave us a chance to talk about Booster Gold. Yes, Because right. the Dimension X aliens turn up in Booster Gold, which that's was right. great because yeah. obviously he's a post-crisis character, he's really. The, so the, yeah, the biggest or the, the, first, the first big post-crisis character I think uh-huh. to be introduced into DC. So that was good. We got to talk a little bit about the times. We got to talk about Booster. We got to talk about the original version of the story the battle of jericho about how the the main sort of character of joshua and that was supposed to be a black guy originally but it was changed so that was that Mm -hmm. was something that sort of grew out of it as as we were even researching it so that was another one where the the socials ended up being quite chock-a-block and i literally just bought that issue so you did right last week and of course our our twitter pal chuck brulee i hope i'm pronouncing that properly i used to know chuck on myspace in the 2000s he at the time shared his excellent collage cover that used the, the basis of issue 20 as, as its foundation so that was nice to be able to share that and get his stuff to a slightly wider audience on Twitter than otherwise would have been following that we did the 1968 JLA JSA crossover and that was mm-hmm. another one where I had the bright idea because the JSA weren't involved very much in issue 65 that we could do it on do one it episode on one episode yes well done which uh-huh. led to another incredibly long record and another uh-huh. huge amount of editing for Peter which was why the following week we did another unscheduled flashback featuring the Shining <laughs> Night so that Peter could yep. edit a story that was only umpteen pages long instead of <laughs> several comics night, long but of, not just the shiny night but of course the original golden age t.o morrow yeah, who, who knew there exactly. was one well i did that's why i put it in yeah there. that's fascinating we started in 1960 we made it as far as 1971 that's quite good so mm-hmm. after that it was issue six of the specter which is where the full moon and oh, dustbin yes. lid drinking games really kicked in i remember before that one being really down on the artwork you because, were because neil adams had gone but by the time we'd actually read it and recorded it, it completely changed my mind and thought that... <laughs> yeah, Jerry Grandinetti. Jerry Grandinetti, He was course. a revelation to you. He was a revelation. Now, mm. the episode after that is probably maybe our greatest sort of labour of love. Yeah, I think this one had been in the works for quite a while because basically we wanted to cover some Doom Patrol stuff and there was a Doom Patrol 
story, the very final one. Mm. Uh, but we did find in our researches precedents for the yeah. characters yeah. Uh, of the Doom Patrol. Peter found the, the story with the other robot man. Yeah. And uh-huh. I'd found the story in House of Mystery that kind of seemed to mm-hmm. anticipate negative man's powers. Yeah. And then Pete pointed out there was an issue of challengers for June got grown up to a massive size. So we, yeah. we had all that in mind. And then really soon before we started recording, I was, as usual, not sleeping at night. I was scouring eBay for cheap issues of war comics. I was, you know, scouring the interwebs. And mm-hmm. I came across an issue of GI Combat. And this, at this point in its history, um, this was issue 35 of GI Combat. Yeah. The, the titles of those stories in the cover. And I noticed that issue 35 of GI Combat had a story called Doom Patrol. So there's no way we couldn't cover that. So we had to do that. Yeah. And then we also spotted a couple of issues of My Greatest Adventure, which had slightly relevant things to what we should probably talk about. Mm -hmm. After we'd recorded, right, Pete was around at mine and we recorded that one. And literally, what, the week before it was due to come out, again, I had another late night of scouring the interwebs (laughs) and found an issue of House of Mystery that had a cover feature called The Negative Man. So I literally got out of bed at 1 a.m. (laughs) <laughs> and recorded a very brief insert for that, mm-hmm. which Peter then had to crowbar into the episode. And you can totally tell because yeah, the sound if you listen back, if you listen back, it does sound a, different. There's a real difference in sound quality from. I do my best for yeah, but you know, you know, you can, <laughs> it, it, it would have been horrendous if we'd put that episode out and two days afterwards, yeah, someone had popped up in one of the socials saying, "Well, oh, actually, you missed out yeah. this story from House of Mystery." So we uh-huh. got it in the nick of time. That was a real fun episode to do. Yeah, because absolutely loved it. That we got a really good response to that one. It, you know, it it kind of. Stretched a remit a little bit mm-hmm. because it wasn't all Golden Age or multiversey, but yeah. we, we hung it all off in the back of the, the Robot yeah. Man. But we knew we were going to do yeah. like a, an original Robot Man story, but when, we, when I discovered the story that had a second Robot Man, yes. then we had to do that one. Yeah, because you know, that, was... that means that Cliff Steele is Robot Man 3. Yes. That's amazing. It is, because we were going to do a Doom Patrol story to touch on the Robot Man legacy because the original yeah. guy that was published in, you know, in the 40s. And then, so and then of course, the best issue to do that on, we decided, was issue 121 because it had the, the fourth wall breaking scenes at the top and tail and it's the famous yeah. one where they all die so our pal vincent joined us for that mm-hmm. gave us a hand with the voices and thank you that was thank amazing then we love you dearly god bless you're welcome back anytime and then we fold that on went up with our episode on the inferior five which was another interesting one to do because i basically had to go and read it all and it was a bit of a revelation because I'd, our initial plan had been to do the one issue that had all the dc staff members in it wasn't it yeah uh-huh. And then we thought of doing the, the Marvel crossover yeah. one. Yeah, and then we dug a bit deeper and realised thought, do you know what? Let's just do the we'll whole just thing. <laughs> cover the whole thing. There was quite a lot of stuff because Plastic Man pops up at one uh-huh. point. As Peter said there, there are version, a couple of different versions of some of the Marvel characters. Yeah. And we had a little debate about what Earth the Inferior Five were actually on because there's some speculation that they're on Earth 12, but mm-hmm. nothing in the stories that actually says that. So that was yeah. that was fun. A lot of bonus content that week. Mm-hmm. The next one was the, the Tornado Twins from Adventure yes. Comics because we had touched on the Legion before uh, yes. briefly in our Superboys and the Legions story, uh, but we didn't really have any full Legion stories. But then, of course, for Legacy, we've got the Tornado Twins who are yep. descendants of Barry Allen the Flash. We had one of our famous Legopolis moments actually for this one because Pete was at work in FP Buchanan Street, rest in peace, FP Buchanan Street, go FP Socky Hill Street instead. Now, and in the shop at that time, as a clearance store, there was a lot of pound packs. And I noticed the pound pack, which had an issue of the Flash from like last year, the year before, which had the Tornado Twins on the cover. And I turned to Peter and I said, have we? And Peter was straight on to Mike. So I didn't even have to finish my sentence. And he was checking the publication date of that issue of Adventure Comics and yep. realised that, you know, actually it might have been in 2020 that we had that moment. Yeah, it could have been. And Pete checked that we hadn't actually passed it and we added it to the list because it meant that we, we could have another Legion story. We could talk about Barry's legacy. We could talk about the future 
and Barry and all that. And I had a great time picking out covers of Impulse and XS to post on Instagram. That's very great true. Fun. That was my favourite bit about that. But it was a fun story to do because we, you know, there's not that many Legion stories that we're going to be able to do. No, so it was true. nice to find one that gave us an excuse to do so. Listeners, if you can think of any other Legion stories that you think we should do, mm-hmm. let us know. What was next? Up next was the Spectre issue that had both the ghost that haunted money in it and the Hour Hour Man ah, died in it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Spectre issue seven. There was some great numbers and full moon action in that, and of course there was mm-hmm. the the Hour Man backup strip, which was great. You were punching the air at that. I one. was I was really pleased that we that we. I remember it actually buying the comic and finding you know, back in the day and getting that mm-hmm. Hour Man story and being really really pleased. That was that was a fun one. The next one, I remember that was one that you turned up in the researches. <laughs> that was Action Comics 370. Yes, it's it's the bleakest comic I think we'd done at that point. Yes. <laughs> 100 Years Lost, Straight or Stolen. Yes. Where it turns out Superman didn't go straight to Earth when he was rocketed from Krypton. He spent 100 years in a parallel universe. That's right. And it was all pretty much destroyed. Yep. And then the cure for like restoring everything is basically sending him back on his way, regressing him back to a child. Yes, and that was a really, back. really... Weird. Odd story where Superman's presence in this parallel world just made weird things mm-hmm. happen to their evolution, their history. It was very odd. I remember publishing one foreign cover on the Instagram and a few months ago I found another for that story when I was a bit mm-hmm. like, Ugh. I mean, this, even, <laughs> listeners, even as recently as two weeks ago, I spent three hours over a couple of nights just falling down interweb holes, right-clicking <laughs> on foreign covers, mainly, thankfully, for ones stories we haven't done yet, but adding a few more to the ones that we have done. Yeah. So. Keep checking the socials yeah. for more foreign reprints. That was a very gloomy story, but yeah. it also meant you got to make another custom Funko. That's true. I made the alternate Superman, which is yes. weird. Yeah, With his stripy trousers. Indeed. I think one of the most fun things or weird things about that story is the fact that Superman was trying to investigate this 100-year discrepancy mm. in the age of the rocket ship that brought him to Earth from Krypton. That's right. But in the end of the story, it's not resolved. He doesn't, he doesn't find out why, yeah. so he just kind of like says, yeah. okay, I don't know. He just kind of shrugs it off and goes, right, yeah. okay, oh well. It's bizarre. It is. But there we are. But us, the reader, we know. There yes, we do, we do. Back to the Spectre with the next one. Spectre issue eight with that cover with them pointing at you. phenomenal cover, yeah. yeah. From Jerry Grandinetti and Internal Work again. Another quite a trippy mm-hmm. one. Steve Skeets this time yes. is on writing. Yeah, that was fun. I think that's one when the Spectre gets around, gets into trouble, gets pulled up for overdoing it and is yep. rendered blind as a punishment. That was that one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was basically given a weakness at uh, an opportune moment, a mm. random weakness, because mm-hmm. basically they thought, we don't know what to do with the Spectre, so we'll do yeah. this instead. Yeah, it was it was clear by this point that they were whoever was producing the Spectre comic, because with the rotating creative teams, and mm-hmm. you know, the, the, we were stunned, actually, I remember, at the negative response to Neil Adams' artwork yeah. and storytelling yeah. and a lot uh-huh. of the contemporary correspondence. Because so, they just wanted Murphy Anderson. Yeah, because it was, and we were raving about what Neil was doing and astonished that the yeah. people back in 1968 and 69 didn't like it. Yeah, it was, it was really the beginning of the end, because they were at that point when like, oh, nothing's working. We're going to try something else. We're going to try something else. Mm-hmm. And they weren't really given the chance to let anything stick. So yep. the episode after that was our 100th episode. 100, yay, yeah. with our special guest. Special guest, our Steve Higgins. Hi, Steve Higgins. And Hello. we should actually offer a very belated happy birthday to Caitlin Higgins. We weren't able to record Caitlin a dedicated happy birthday video like we did last year because I don't think Pete was about and I was working, so we couldn't do this. So Caitlin, yeah. we are sorry. <gasps> We hope you had a nice birthday and we hope you're okay. Yes. But yes, Steve joined us to give voice, not for the last time, to Jimmy Olsen. 
Mm. Planet of the Capes Planet is the such Capes. a great story. And I still want to know what happened to that interdimensional honeycomb yes. machine. That when we write our DC comic, mm. that will be the, the nexus point for so many stories and adventures. And that was fun because I got to pick out 10 Jimmy Olsen covers to put on Instagram. That was a lot of fun. Awesome. So the next one after that was another one that Peter had the idea of doing. Yeah, again, it's another fun story. It's the very first Green Lantern created by the Green Lantern Corps before there even were the Green Lantern Corps. Mm. And Rory Dagg. The That's first right. Green Lantern. Yep. It's great fun. It was Not such Alan a really Scott. good story. Yeah. Not Alan Scott, Nabin, Sir, Rory Dagg. Yeah, it was a fun little mm-hmm. one. It's an interesting twist on the, the legacy aspect. Yep. We like the fact that this guy who just casually wore a black and green unitard <laughs> um, had his clothing style copied. Yeah. I mean, what if he'd be wearing blue denims and a white t-shirt with with an arrow that said, I'm with stupid? Does that mean that all of the Green Lanterns would have looked like that? What if he'd just been wearing a pair of trunks or something like Namor? Who knows? Yeah. 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 Would they all be complaining about the cold? I don't know. Next up, we had time times three equals, hmm, question mark, from The Flash. And that brought back Sargon the Sorcerer, but as a villain? Yes. Gosh. The first appearance in the podcast of Eobard Thon's Reverse Flash. Yes. So that was a lot of fun, because he's a character I remember very fondly from when I was a little boy. A really interesting story, some brilliant artwork in that one, I remember. Very difficult just to narrow the panels down to put on the socials obviously on Instagram you're only allowed 10 Facebook there's a little bit more room so we post a few more but I remember with that one just like what am I going to post because there was just so many to choose from great to have the reverse flash on yes we had quite a lot on the the socials that week because there was the reverse flash action figure another little gallery of reverse flash Mm -hmm. covers which I enjoyed sitting together I had two foreign reprints of that cover and oh. I've since found another one. Oh, excellent. Cool. Uh, obviously. Might so I, might, I might do a day of Flash foreign reprints at some point. And did you do another custom Funko for, for that one? Did you build one for Sargon? Or yes, I made a Sargon and Sorcerer. Right. Yes. I thought you had. Uh-huh. Awesome. Although I had made him ages before that. It wasn't especially for the for this episode. Not like that time I emotionally blackmailed you into making Blockbuster. <laughs> Which I eventually figured out and made. Yeah. Hooray! I'm not a massive... Funko fan, but I do like the challenge of making, you know, turning things into other things is, is something that I like to do. <laughs> on his way here, Peter saw a thing that had not been turned into another thing in any shape or form. So mm. this is no time for complacency. <laughs> I think Funkos are hideous, but I enjoy <laughs> seeing Peter creating them out of nothing, so it's it a lot of fun. Well, the thing is, I get to destroy some in order to make others. Yes. So that really freaks out Funko collectors. Yes. It's great fun. <laughs> we were back to the Spectre with the next episode. Yes. Again, Spectre's called up to heaven for his uh, disciplinary because he goes too far and he's given the Journal of Judgment. Journal of Judgment. Gosh. Where basically he's told he's going to be a horror host. I have been given the Journal... I can't even say it. The Journal of Judgment. Yeah, we we had mixed feelings about those two issues. Yeah. I remember in our early planning... We talked about doing nine and ten in one episode together, but we decided it'd be better to do them separately. That yeah. was the first time mm-hmm. we covered a Bernie Wrightson story. Yes, a very, very early yeah. Bernie Wrightson story. I'm reminded, actually, it was around about this time that we lost both Neil Adams and George Perez. Yeah. They, they died very soon, within within a couple of weeks of each other, around at this yeah. point, which is very sad to remember. Mm-hmm. After that, talking about sad, it was another tragic Superman story. Mm-hmm. Lois Lane, Dead Yet Alive. Yes, Superman issue 215. The only imaginary story that we've done because within itself, it deals with a parallel world, which meant it fell into a remit. We yeah. decided very early on we weren't going to do imaginary stories. And this is another one where I turned up a foreign reprint. I think it was the Australian one in this case. Far too soon after we'd recorded it, but too late for me to include it in that particular week's socials. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. Anyway, but that was that was an interesting one. It certainly was. 
after that was His Name is Kane, an absolute yes. classic, a really f- interesting, fun story, which had an absolutely tragic, hideous backstory. Yes, short story from House of Mystery that kind of, again, did our fourth wall breaking thing that we like to do, which featured Gil Kane being trapped ultimately in a piece of his own artwork. Let's talk a little bit about Gil's career and his own abortive attempts at self-publishing. Mm-hmm. It was really fascinating to research, and as I said, it is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I definitely recommend you check that out, because it might open your eyes if you don't know much about Gil Kane. Yep. Shorter story, but a quite a good one to get done, and I enjoyed putting together a House of Mystery cover gallery for mm-hmm. the socials. We were back to the pages of House of Mystery for the next episode. Indeed, because next up was our Manhunters from Mars episode, where we covered not only a House of Mystery John John story, but also... The original Martian Manhunter, Rokar, he is. Yeah, quite a well-known sort of story. It's been covered quite widely, but, you know, I think maybe been a couple of people that weren't aware of him, so it wasn't like we'd broken exclusive or anything, but there were a few Martian Manhunter stories in House of Mystery to choose from that involved John and other dimensions and stuff. The fact that this one had two worlds in the title meant it was the, the yeah. obvious one for us to do. Yeah, definitely. And it was fun. It gave a bit more justification for us doing the, the original Martian Manhunter. And yep. it was And it was fun. And again... Getting to pick out some Martian Manhunter covers for the socials, comparing the action figures, all that. Great fun. After that, we had the end of the Spectre. Mm. Yes, the final issue of his uh, Silver Age series. And, yep, it was four interesting tales. Yep, some more Journal of Judgment, and Mm -hmm. nothing was really resolved as far as what the Spectre was up to. The thing I remember most about that final issue, apart from the stories, because they were a lot of fun, was the the text page which mm. basically sort of said we've made a complete mess of this. <laughs> this, this hasn't everything we've done hasn't mm-hmm. worked. Uh, yeah. Sorry, basically. <laughs> By this point, I'd really started tapping into the the online well of foreign reprint covers that were out there. So I was able to kind of post a reprint of that issue, The Spectre, which actually appeared. I think it was in the, an issue of the Mexican Blackhawk series, which Gosh, is quite interesting. Wow. Cool. Uh, quite interesting. So yes, love the foreign covers. Indeed. After that, we had another one of my favourites, the Gentleman Ghost episodes. That was so much fun. It was fascinating it was. seeing how much Kanagar basically just copied and pasted his golden age stories right. into, the, into the modern Hawkman. And also the fact that they totally established that the Silver Age version is definitely a ghost, whereas it's more dubious in the Golden Age stories. Yes. But Hawkman's like, no, no, he's not. He's not a ghost. Hawkman was not having it. Those two stories were a lot of fun. And it was, you know, it's nice to talk about the Gentleman Ghost because yeah. he's a very popular, very iconic villain who really hasn't yep. appeared that often. No, not hugely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. After that, we had our first Batman Sergeant Rock team up. Yay! It yeah. won't be the last. And it's still only the first one that we've done. I think the second one will be one of the first stories that we do next year. Yep. And a couple others fall in very rapid succession afterwards. It makes a few appearances in Brave and Bold alongside Wildcat. And there's quite a few people that, turn, that seem to turn up mm-hmm. Brave and Bold all the time at that point. The Spectre's yeah. going to be back yeah. there, but the Metal Men turned up quite, quite often. Quite a lot. Green Arrow turns up quite a Green lot. Green Arrow's there regularly. Yeah. The reason we're doing all, we're going to do all the Sergeant Rock stories was because Sergeant Rock being essentially a World War II character, we we're trying. We're going to do each of them in turn and sort of go, which Earth is this set on? Pretty much. If a story's set during World War II, we're deciding that it's on Earth 2 because Batman is active during World War II. Mm-hmm. If it's set elsewhere, which we haven't really had yet, we're going to have to debate about it. And that was fun because it was a line when Bruce Wayne talks about working for Uncle Sam. Yes. So that let me post some <laughs> photographs of some action figures. Uh-huh. So that was nice. Great fun. We did some acting in advance of the next episode, didn't we? Yes, of course. It's the next JLA-JSA two-parter. Mm-hmm. And it was the 1969 one, Starlight, Star Bright, Death Star I See Tonight. And in that story, there is a 
little kid who wants a Doctor Midnight doll. Don't we all? And his dad was having none of it, and he has a a superpower tantrum, shall we say. Yes. So basically, uh, I decided to put together a little comic strip of our own of <laughs> uh, of this kid demanding a Doctor Midnight doll, and us standing looking smugly, holding a Doctor Midnight doll, and then him kind of like ripping up a lamppost to yes. and then and us, us going ah! our yeah. pal Andrew kindly took some photographs of us for that so that was yes. that was good we followed that up obviously that's with, up on our Facebook page yep. you should see that followed that up closely with issue 74 which is the second part but this point had accumulated enough foreign covers that in both parts of the 69 JLA JSA crossover I could post multiple foreign reprints and fa- honestly listeners if you haven't seen any of these you really need to check them out there's something mm. about taking the familiar cover and putting text and a different language on it that just completely raises it to a whole other yeah, level it's it's, fascinating. It's, it really is interesting mm-hmm. so after that we did an issue of adventure comics that featured supergirl please stop my funeral yes, which reminded me very strongly of a story from the doctor who annual 1975 yes so if you check out our instagram you'll be able to see the comparison panels that we put together for that it's a lot of fun then we had sticking with the superman family we had the girl who died from superman from Lois Lane 96, but uh, there was a story from Lois Lane 94 that concluded in 96, which was also a parallel Earth story, but it was so terrible, we just yes. kind of summarised it instead. Yeah, we'd got, to, we'd got to that point where we were just tired of the <laughs> Silver Age Lois Lane yeah. vibes and we were mm-hmm. just done with it, frankly. <laughs> and this one was far more interesting and, yes. had, and had very original series Star Trek vibes to it, so that was yeah. great fun. And there was some really groovy artwork going on and it was a lot of fun. It, yeah. was, it was good. Mm-hmm. We followed that with just League of America issue 75. In each man there is a demon. Yes, which dealt with Black Canary getting settled in Earth 1 after she moved over from the events at the end of the aforementioned JLA JSA crossover. That was another fun one. Really dynamic artwork in that. Yeah. Enjoyed that very much indeed. Mm. That was also the one with the Golden Age quiz. After that, it was back to the pages of Adventure Comics for yes. another Supergirl story. The Wolf Girl of Stanhope. Yes, which led to our great discussion about hairy legs <laughs> and where to find them. Yes. And then after that, it was another one where I'd had the bright idea of putting two issues into one episode. <laughs> yeah. Still, th- I genuinely think I think it was the right thing to do. I don't think we could have justified like, a two-part story that brought Greg mm. Sanders back at this point, even... You know, if there'd been a few other heroes involved, but you know, yeah. it was a longer one, but I think it was worth doing. The Return of Vigilante, a, a significant time before the return of the full Seven Soldiers of Victory, which we haven't even got which to we yet. Haven't got to yet, no. and, and at this point in recording, I don't think I'd even fully registered just how mm. big the gap was. Yeah, like yeah. You know, three plus years or whatever between uh-huh. those stories happening. So it'd be interesting. To see, you know, Vigilante is going to pop up a lot next year. Yes. We're going to see a lot more of him. Make sure you check the socials because I've already got some bonus content prepared for that. That was good because I had five foreign covers over those two comics to post in the socials. So that was a lot of fun. And that was the one that reminded me of the final episode of Canary Wharf as well. That's right. Yes. Which again, I wholly recommend you watch once. Don't don't watch (laughs) it more than once. Just watch it once. Yes. It was back to Brave and Bold with the next episode. First of quite a few appearances by JSA stalwart Wildcat. Yes. And this was an interesting one because it started opening up the can of worms of whether or not there is an Earth 1 Wildcat, and we decided that yes, there is. There is, yes. Right, there's no two ways about we it. We can properly establish that much later on when he meets certain other characters, mm-hmm. but uh, yes, there, there yep. definitely is. So we'll see Wildcat a few more times this year in the pages of B&B and probably... Will we be seeing any JLA JSA stories this year? I can't remember. No, not offhand. I don't know. We'll, it depends we'll how far we get. It depends how far we get. Yes. That was that was fun. After that... Speaking of fun. Yes, it was another interesting one that we we actually... We talked about doing very, very early on. 
Mm -hmm. because it again kind of ties into our Earth Prime sort of thing in a way. Yeah. There'd been an issue of Lois Lane that we'd done. It had a cameo appearance by Twiggy. Hello. But the, um, there's another cameo appearance from Twiggy there. But our next episode was when we did the issue of Jerry Lewis that featured The Flash. Mm. And we talked about the other issues of Jerry Lewis that had featured DC superheroes. Yeah, so Batman, that was Superman and Wonder Woman. Yep, and Robin. Oh, and yes. that gave us some more speculation about which Earth was this all happening on then. Yes. A. And it was tons of fun. Abracadabra was the bad thing. It that was. Well. And that was another, I remember, Superb. I think it might even have been the week of release, being up early on a Sunday morning and scouring the, the interwebs and managing to track down like three or four foreign reprints. I was so chuffed to find them. And it was also cool. at the point that that episode was sort of our current episode that the the Justice Society New Golden Age and Stargirl series were announced. Ah, excellent. Which yes, has been very exciting. And, and as we record, the New Golden Age one shot has been out for a couple of weeks and it's been a couple of weeks since the first issue of the Stargirl series came out. The first issue of the JSA series is imminent and frankly, I can't wait. It's very exciting. They were both very good. We both thoroughly enjoyed very them. Very exciting yes. to have these characters back in comics. It's been mm -hmm. far too long and just so good to see our Twitter pal Jerry Odway at work. We were back to the Superman family with the next episode. Yes, Puzzle of the Wild World. Yes, more Carrie Bates madness. And another cameo from our pal Steve Higgins as Jimmy Olsen. Excellent. Next up was one that you'd campaigned heavily for. Yes, and I thought we might have had a better response to it. I don't know. Echoing the Jerry Lewis and Twiggy stuff, I suggested to Peter that we did issue 222 of Batman, which is basically when they do the Paul McCartney is dead rumour. Probably completely without the remit, because it's not actually the Beatles <laughs> in the story, but as a cultural touching Touchstone, point, yeah, huh, definitely. I think it was mm -hmm. worth doing because, you know, the comic was published basically, you know, within weeks of the Beatles split announcement sort yeah. of happening. Uh -huh. Paul McCartney giving that interview and there was no way that the people doing the comic would have known this was going to happen. Yeah. But it meant I could dig out some Beatles-themed comics. I could dig out the, the issues of Superman that Paul McCartney has in his organ mm -hmm. as sheet music in the film Help. And I found a couple of foreign covers for it and yes I've found another one since <laughs> it was an interesting one to do I think it was worth doing after that it was one of our the ones we really enjoyed doing a little portmanteau episode yes featuring the manhunters oh mm. but not all the manhunters just some of them and it was great doing the research for this one was absolutely fascinating because I am convinced thoroughly convinced that Rick Nelson is a manhunter he is. Yeah. It's there. It's in black it's and there. white. It's in black and white. He's, yep. re he's renamed Paul Kirk in the issue after that, but there's nothing to say yep. he couldn't have been a Manhunter and then given as a legacy to Paul Kirk, yeah. you know, the title and the, the costume it's, and everything. I mean, there's enough subtle differences between the costumes. You know, it works. I mean, that was fun because we got to do a story of the Golden Age quality comics Manhunter, Dan yes. Richards and his dog Thor. Where he met another Manhunter. That's right. Yeah. And we did a story from issue five of Showcase, present, which was all about Manhunters, which is a sort mm. of really enjoyable sequence of three stories about, you know, basically police procedurals. And they were all fantastic. Two of them reprinted in issue 10 of DC Special. Listeners, if there you've got are. that at home, you can you can read those stories. And of course, we touched upon Starker, the Manhunter of 2070. That's right. Because at, at this point in the chronology, his appearances in Showcase were published. And it meant we could talk a little bit, as Peter said, about the other Manhunters and post a few covers from other Manhunter series. But because there are other Manhunters still to come, we obviously still have a lot more to say about the Manhunters in the future. So after that, we were in studio. We were in the studio. In a studio. Yes. It was great fun. Properly in the studio. Yes. Instead of doing it down the phone or in my living room, our good friend <laughs> Gavin. Hi, Gavin, if you're listening, hope you are. Joined us for the 1970 JLA JSA crossover. Yes. Which was great. Pearl of the Paired Planets. Yep. And Where Valor Falls. Well, Magic Triumph, although they spell Valor incorrectly. Yeah, of course they do. It should have a unit. Issue 83 Shit. of the Justice League of America. Still one of my favourite covers of all time. I kept 
Still have the foreign covers for that one on my phone. They were just so cool I could not delete them. Good, good. Three for that, for issue 83. That was fun. Gavin was brilliant. So thank yes. you very much again. Yes. I can't thank you enough. Yes. And hopefully the next time we do another stupidly big cast, JLA, JSA and other heroes type story, maybe Gavin will be kind enough to get yeah. involved. We'll have you back in a heartbeat. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> it was back to the Brave and the Bold for the next one. It was a cold corpse for the collector. This was fascinating mm. because it was something that is so obvious, but no one really thought about it. It's Black Canary tracking down the Earth 1 equivalent of her dead husband from Earth 2. Absolutely. And of course, we had another special guest in that one. My wife, Christine, popped yes. in to join us as Black Canary. And thank you very much. Th- Th- yep. Thank you, Christine. Amazing. It really took the weight off my vocal cords that night <laughs> when I didn't have to do Canary voice acting. An interesting story and a brilliant, and I think I said then, and I, and I, I agree with it now, my favourite use of the potential of the multiple yeah, of concept that really opened up with that one it was so good yeah it's very clever mm. so the next one was another bit of a legacy episode yes, but villain legacy this mm. time because there was a golden age villainous thorn and of course there was a heroic uh, bronze age thorn so that was really good fun with knight of the thorn so yep. it's the rose and the thorn character yep so covers back, both. back to the pages of lois lane yeah because we thought we'd got away with that but we hadn't so <laughs> that was a fun one very interesting quite, quite an easy one to record i seem to remember didn't take as long a bit trickier to research but that's yep. okay <laughs> but it, was, it was a lot of fun speaking of research yes our next episode we dealt with the arrival of jack kirby at dc comics and his revivals of the, the Newsboy Legion and the Guardian mm-hmm. in the pages of his Jimmy Olsen series. How many yep. times did I write or say those phrases during that week in October? Oh, a million quite a times. Quite a bit. That was when I, the most amount of foreign covers that I've ever posted. <laughs> dozens <laughs> upon dozens. If you check Facebook, you'll be able to see them. But that was interesting. We talked about whether or not we felt this meant that the Guardian and the Newsboys were on Earth One. Uh-huh. We decided at this point that they were. We talked a little bit about the fourth world stuff. We talked about Jack Kirby's approach and the influence it had yep. on what DC was doing and the wider influence it had and the, the implications for him leaving Marvel and all that yep. sort of stuff. And my assertion that uh, his move to DC underlined the fact that the Bronze Age was now here. Yes. So, yeah, Absolutely. It's, it's, the cutoff is there, folks. Yeah, uh, there's, think, yes. there's some lead up stuff before it, but the cut off is there. It's yeah. such a big change for both companies. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's stuff like the drug stories in Spider Man, Death of Gwen Stacy, the drug stories in Green Arrow, the Wildcat sort of story, yeah. Inspector Three. Yeah, yeah, all that's very because we, we felt that but, yeah. the Wildcat story, Inspector Three, which one we did last year, was really a real quantum leap sort of forward yeah, in sort definitely. of the, the, the maturity of storytelling, uh-huh. and we really noticed in a lot of the stories we've done this year that comics were growing up. Mm. It was it was a fact whether or not that's a good thing. Or a bad thing is debated to this day. It was another one of our fabled portmanteau episodes. Next, that was Peter's idea to do this. I know, apologies. No, it was great. Because we were singing in this one. It was a lot of fun. This is so much fun to do. Yeah. And again, fascinating to research. Yep, came about all Peter's research because we knew there was going to be a solo Jay Garrick story in an issue of The Flash, Flash 201 that featured Jay battling the fiddler. But as Peter's pointed out many times, as we've been doing the prep for this over the last you know three years or so, there are a lot of characters that reuse names, quite yes. frankly. Yes, And Pete, in this episode, explained to us all how many different fiddlers there'd been and how many appearances they all had. And we realised that the vigilante had fought someone called the fiddler a lot more often than the Flash had ever fought someone called yeah, the fiddler. Yeah, uh-huh. the vigilante's fiddler was recurring, I think he did about... I can't, I can't seven or eight appearances, yeah, at least, I think, from what he said. Whereas uh, 
the one that everyone thinks of is the fiddler. Yeah, he'd only appeared just a couple of times, really. Yeah, three, yeah. Three, and three after, times, and after times? I think some of the yeah, uh-huh. the Greg Sanders one. Oh yeah, that was an interesting episode because it meant we did a story with Bullet Man and Golden Arrow. And Golden Arrow, yeah. Yeah, um, who we're not really going to be talking about. Yeah. Bullet Man will turn up, but Golden Arrow don't. Bullet Man will yeah. return in a JLAJC crossover, and he will be mentioned in an issue of Shazam. But you mm-hmm. know, beyond that, I don't That's know if we'll see him, but it. we definitely won't see Golden Arrow again. No. So it was the aforementioned Jay Garrick Flash solo story next, and then that was followed quickly by another issue of The Flash, which we stretched things a little bit, yeah. but we felt it was worth doing because ultimately the pre- the story of the pre-crisis multiverse is essentially Barry Allen's story, isn't it? Very true, very From true. From Flash of Two Worlds mm-hmm. to Crisis and Infinite Earths, it's all mm-hmm. about Barry. So this one is quite a significant one in Barry's development when we sort of learn that Iris Allen, Barry's dear wife, is actually from the 30th century, but Gosh. not the 30th century you'd expect. No, not the Legion one, no. And it's got the best title ever, The Flash's Wife is a Two-Timer. <laughs> and it's, of course, it's Mad Kaniger. Kaniger just like chucking ideas <laughs> That's at the page That's what they again. called him at school. Yep. <laughs> Great fun. Absolutely love it. Speaking of absolutely loving things. Yes. Oh, next up's the Aqua Buddies episodes. Yes. Aquaman and Namor. This was a fun one to do. I think it's well known, but it's maybe like the original Martian Manhunter story. Uh-huh. It's not... It's widely, it's widely known, but it's not that widely known. And sure. a lot of people that weren't aware of it, I know that a couple of our listeners weren't aware of it. Yeah, basically, the final issue of Aquaman was written by Steve Skeets. And it's not that long since this episode was out, so we don't have to go a lot of detail. Yeah. And then a few years later, Steve Skeets wrote the final issue of Namor the Submariner, and he linked them together by Rather virtue of a gloved hand wonderfully. blowing up a satellite. Yes. And I honestly could not wait until the day that I tweeted the two panels side by side. Yeah. That was glorious, and it's made this whole effort worthwhile. Yeah, because I'd read those stories years apart, mm. and uh, never actually read them together, and see reading them together, it's glorious, it's yes. fantastic. And it also gave us a really weird Steve Speets full-page splash with a quote from Hitler at the top, which, yes. is, which was bizarre. A shout-out to my Twitter pal, Matthew Purchase, for helping me tidy up one of the foreign covers to make it presentable. So that was fun, Thank that was you. quite good. Yes. For, imagine to find two foreign reprints of the Aquaman story and one foreign reprint of the Namor story. I was delighted. I was also very happy when we finally got to do issue 201 of World's Finest, mm-hmm. which was an interesting one. It's not been out for long, so we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. If you haven't heard it yet, go and listen to it now. And that was another one where I managed to find a foreign reprint literally days before I had to post it on the socials. So yep. that was good. Superman and Green Lantern being marshaled or refereed by Dr. Fate, or are or they? Are they? Mm. Yes. Yep. After that, we had Brave and Bold 95, featuring a team-up between Batman and Question Mark. Yes. And obviously, if you've listened to that episode, you'll know who Question Mark is. If you haven't, we're not going to say now. Have we not? No, we oh. can't. Hey, we Why can't not? Because sp- hey, we can't spoil it. It would be too much of a stretch to spoil it. Oh, I see. Jokes. It was an interesting I one. I wouldn't want people to get out of shape all over it. Christine came back and helped us out with that one. Yes, thank you very much again. So thank you, Christine. Once again, that was a fun record. Doing her Ruby Rider, which yes. I really, uh, really enjoyed that. It was great. Yes. I wouldn't um, mess with Ruby Rider, to be honest. And Ruby Rider will return. Yes. And we followed that one, as you'll know, listeners, with issue 399 of Action Comics, or the one with all of the dead supermen. <laughs> yes, which was good. drawers of dead supermen. Yes, I enjoyed putting this, the, the bonus material for the socials together for that one. And then we followed that very recently with issue 89 of Justice League of America. Mm-hmm. I was dreading doing it, quite frankly, <laughs> but it actually went a lot smoother than I thought. Mike Friedrich's love letter to mm-hmm. Marlon Ellison. Stalkery love letter. It's, yes. Uh, yeah. But we decided it was, even if it hadn't had that fourth wall breaking mm-hmm. element to it, the fact that it was still dealing with Canary adjusting and it had dreams coming to life, that, yeah. you know, we thought, this is interesting. This vaguely ties into some of the stuff we've done already. Yes. 
it was very, very interesting. And if we can't find a story that's interesting to do, then we probably failed. And then our final regular episode of the year was our... We hadn't had a flashback for a long time. No. We flashed back to an issue of Brave and Bold featuring the Suicide Squad fighting dinosaurs in a parallel world in a story that was published less than a month before Flash 123, The Flash of Two Worlds. Because that's how we like to leave you listeners at the end of the year with an exciting, exciting revelation like that. So there we go. So what kind of year do you think it's been? I think it's been quite varied. There's been a a lack, a distinct, compared to the the first couple of years we were doing, a distinct lack of appearances from Golden Age DC superheroes. Yep, I know what you mean. Uh-huh. Because we're long past that purple patch of the, the regular team-ups. Between yeah, the Flash, and the showcase the and Flash Breaking and Bolts. The Green Lanterns yeah. and Our Man and Doctor Fates and all mm-hmm. that. We're kind of just reduced to them now appearing in the, the GLA, GSA team-ups. And every so often, someone else will pop up like Sargon or whatever, or Vigilante. Yep. But it, it's kind of strange. We're still a while away from that boom period when there's several ongoing series all at once dealing with these characters. But uh-huh. you know, we'll get there eventually in a couple of years. I think for our own sake, we managed to mix it up a little bit to keep it interesting for ourselves. Yeah. We did our first Sergeant Rock story, obviously. We said goodbye to the Spectre, who we haven't seen for a while. Mm-hmm. We talked about the Doom Patrol and the Suicide Squad. Teams which are, you know, really high profiles now, you know, mm-hmm. because they're like movies and TV series. Yeah, very so true. Nice to very talk true. about them. We did a few horrendous Superman family stories, <laughs> as usual. But, you know, they're still fun. It's fun to be yeah. happy with them all. As we said, some of the, the legacy villain stuff, for the Golden Age characters like the Gentleman Ghost and the mm-hmm. Fiddler was was interesting. I mean, I've missed having Golden Age... Just, I've missed the Justice Society guys turning up. Yeah, yeah. They've certainly as, not been there as much. You know, as regularly as they were. Yeah, that's true. Obviously, the Spectre having his own ongoing was pretty much carrying the can for most yeah, of them. Uh, yeah, at that point, and, so. and in the short term, it's still just going to be JLAJSA stories mm-hmm. and Wildcat appearing Brave and Bold, although Jay Garrick will start popping up in the flash yes. again. A little bit more regularly. You know, yeah. he, he makes appearances over a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Looking forward. Looking forward, yes. Some more issues of The Flash. There's the next JLA-JSA crossover. We'll get to that very soon mm-hmm. in the new year. We'll be talking about DC Comics 100-page titles, true. how they came around. We'll have more Sergeant Rock action for Some you. more Sergeant Rock action. You'll be getting sick of my Greg Sanders voice because he'll be turning up. Adam Strange is going to make it onto the podcast because indeed. we'll be doing the first flashback episode that actually we could properly schedule because it was a story that was reprinted, mm-hmm. which is quite exciting. Seven Soldiers of Victory are going to make their appearance. Seven Soldiers of Victory will reappear. Which we might need a cast of thousands to do, but we'll do our best. The the Golden Age proper, the real Captain Marvel, will appear when the title Shazam is published by DC Comics. Yay. That's within sight. Mm -hmm. We have stories imminent within the next few months featuring Supergirl, featuring Black Canary, as we've said, Greg Sanders. There'll be some Superman family stories. And we'll be doing our first story from the pages of Weird War Tales. Yay! It's exciting. Very Which is exciting. the opportune moment to mention our pals Max and Rich and encourage you to check out the, the Weird Warriors podcast because they're taking a jaunt through the 70s and 80s series Weird War Tales. So you should totally check that out. Maybe we should get them in the show someday. You know, it would be good if we could get them to maybe, you know, I don't know, voice a couple of characters for us. It'd be interesting to see ah, if we're we'll able see. to sort that out. We we'll should see. do our best about that. There we are. So that's what kind of year you've got coming up. So, yeah, you're looking forward to it? Please let us know. You can email us at theearthtopodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you follow us on social media because, as David says, he's going to be popping up <laughs> uh, some bonus content for you. On Facebook and Instagram, we're at the Earth 2 Podcast and at Twitter, we're at podcast underscore Earth 2. Also, you can leave us a voicemail because we now have a voicemail facility. Yay! If you go to speakpipe.com forward slash the Earth 2 Podcast, 
you can leave us a voicemail. We might play it out in the show. That'd be fantastic. There's a link on the show notes if you can't remember what I just said. That's <laughs> fair. <laughs> yes, please, please do get in touch and let us know what you think. So at this point, we'll give a quick shout out to those of us who are giving us a lot of support on the socials on Twitter. As always, our pal, the Multiverse Historian, our pals at the Weird Warriors podcast, Dave's Comic Heroes blog, Ryan Smith, who without fail likes everything that we post. God bless you, Ryan. Thank you so much. Claudette Reynal, our pal, Chuck Brule, who I mentioned earlier on. Our friends at the Awesome Comics podcast are very generous in giving us mentions and such like. Everyone at FP Glasgow. Robbie Rowe, or is it Rowe? Robbie, I hope I've pronounced your name properly. Nick Jackson, Pedro Angosto, hopefully I pronounced that properly. We should give a shout out to the World on Fire All-Star Squadron podcast. We should mention Martin Gray and Ross, and we should mention Stop Let's Team Up, that fine show. Wayne Burrows, the Never Iron Anything podcast. Chris Grimes, this is in no particular order. Everyone at Big Bang Comics. And our pals, Gavin and Steve, obviously, thank you especially for your support this year and be prepared, we're going to get you to do it again next year. <laughs> Meanwhile, over on Facebook, we have lots of new people commenting, as well as some of our regulars. So thanks very much to Max Reed's Comics, Jonathan McKinstry, Brian Rosen, our old pal Chuck Lauridans, Zach Dam, Stuart Burns, Andrew Altenberg, Abel Padilla, Michael Powell, Andrew Docker, and Frank Holman, and apologies if I've missed anyone out from this year. There have been loads and loads and loads. Yep. So, but thank you very much, folks, for your support. And on Instagram, we should give shout-outs, of course, to my old pal Mick Pride, a.k.a. Karloff87, to David Sturham, to Terry Morton, to everyone at the Wife Guys of Reddit, to Mike, the 50 Cent Comic Collector, to DC Comics Collector, to Steve's DC Superstars, and some other Instagram accounts, including... Attic Comics and Under the Shadow of the Sun. If we've missed anyone out, apologies. Yes. Yeah, we'll try and keep a better note of such things next year. I'd also like to give a couple of shouts out to Alec Bretner, who's been a great supporter of the show. Absolutely. Who we see in person and has sent us some lovely questions on the podcast, which has been a fun to debate. And also a big shout out to Tony Esmond as well for his support of the show. Awesome. I think we've had a very good year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to next year. It's yeah. going to be a bit denser next year with the Bronze Age and storytelling, yeah, but uh, we'll I'll... see. We continue, it seems, to get new listeners. We've just had our, at the point of recording, we've just had our best ever week for downloads and such like, so, you know, mm -hmm. that's appreciated. We really appreciate everyone's support. Yep. Don't be shy in getting in touch. We'd love to hear from you. As always, if there's any stories you think that we should do that we've missed or that we think, oh, you just want to check that maybe we don't know about that are upcoming, then please get in touch. That would be appreciated. I'm most looking forward to doing the next two or three JLEJC team-ups because they're going to be a yeah. lot of fun. I'm looking forward to Captain Marvel arriving. It's going, be, it's going to be interesting next year. We are Super. properly well into the 70s, well into the Bronze Age. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Fun stuff. Hang on. We started working on this in 2019, didn't we? Yep. So 19, 20, 21, 22. So next year will technically be the fifth calendar year <laughs> where we've worked on this podcast. Yeah. And the end is nowhere near in sight. No, no, no. Every week for the next <laughs> six or seven years at least. Gosh. On that bombshell. Time off for good behaviour. <laughs> Have a Merry Christmas when it comes, Peter. Yes, Happy Holidays. Thank indeed. you. Yes. Happy New Year when it comes. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll see you very soon on... The Earth 2 Podcast. Transmatter Cube activated. Return coordinates set for Earth Prime. <laughs>